Amen. All right, if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We have a bunch of Bibles. If you don't own a Bible, this is our gift to you. You can keep it. If you do own a Bible, you can just put it down on the sides when you go out. So if anyone needs a Bible, raise your hand. Anyone? No one needs a Bible. Okay, you guys get it. There's words on the screen. Um, whatever. Uh, all right, I'm going to start off with a story. So when, I, last time I shared a story about how it's just kind of like chaos when my parents would leave the house when I was a kid. And here's one of those chaotic moments. So when I was a kid, I was probably, I don't know, 12, 13, around that time. Um, I was at home watching my siblings, and I have one sister who's a little bit more mischievous than the other siblings. You know, you'd often find her just like, you'd walk in her room, she's just dumping out a perfume bottle for no reason. Like, just like, what are you doing? This is terrible. And so um, one... One day, I don't know what was happening, but I, I kind of hear this loud noise in the, in, on the side of the house, and this sister, Rosemary, it's not my sister, Bridget, who goes here. Um, my sister, Rosemary, she comes to me, she's like, Anthony, I need help. Something bad has happened. And I was like, whoa, what happened? And she was like, just come look. And I'm like, this is never good if you have to look. Uh, and it can't be explained. And she's probably like seven or so at the time. And so we go, and in our main master bathroom, um, the back top part of the toilet was off and water was just flying everywhere like that's real that really happens not just in home alone that really happens and so I'm freaking out and I'm like what happened she's like I don't know I was just using the toilet and I was like wait what and she's like well I kind of started messing with this while I was using the toilet which I had to pause and say wait are you sitting reverse on the toilet while you use it and I mean it makes sense it's nice for armrest and so I don't know. And so, so either way, this thing is broken inside there. Everything, water's flying all over the place. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what to do. Luckily, I had a memory of my dad showing me how to shut off all the water to our house. So I go run, grab a wrench. I run out front. And I lift open this thing. Cockroaches flying everywhere. And I close. I, clo- I turn the water valve off or whatever it is. The water stops. And so immediately, I call my dad. I'm like, Dad, something bad has happened. <laughs> the toilet exploded, and he was like, Rosemary? Yeah, I was, yeah, I was Rosemary. And, uh, and he's like, okay, I'll be home in a little bit. Just clean up what you can, do what you can. And, you know, I did everything. We got all these towels, but it was bad. Like, it was, th- this part of the house was just starting to flood, and it was really bad. And, and uh, I could not wait for my dad to get home. Like, I was like, I, I, I've done all I can. I've laid down some towels. I shut off the water, but I need to use the bathroom again, so I need to shut it back on, but I don't know what to do. And, then, and, and so I just could not wait. I could not wait for my dad to get home. And today we're, gonna, we're, 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 we're in this series, this Advent series, which essentially means Christmas series, called Return of the King, right? Lord of the Rings inspired. And so we're in this series, Return of the King, because we believe Advent is not, not just the celebration of Jesus' birth, but it's also the celebration that Jesus will, will return one day. And so this Advent season, we want to, we want to celebrate that as well. And today in particular, we're going we're gonna to be talking about, just like I, I couldn't wait for my dad to get home, we're going to talk about how we should be in this state where we can't wait for Jesus to come back, that we can't wait for Jesus to return to the earth. And so today, the, the, the message is going to be in two parts. We're, we're going to talk about how do we cultivate a love 
for the return of Jesus? How do we cultivate those desires in us? And then the second part of the message is going to be how do we live until Jesus returns? All right, so if you have your Bibles, open up to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. All right, we are going to be in verse 25. Okay, so to set this story up, that Jesus is being taken to the temple because he's the firstborn of his family. He's, he's sweet little baby Jesus mode right now. And he's being taken to the temple to, for sacrifice and kind of just, in a sense, it sounds like he's being dedicated to God because he's the firstborn uh, of Mary and Joseph. And so we, that's, that's the scene. So verse 25. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the, when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and mother marveled at what was said about him. I love this story. I love it because it kind of, it's kind of nestled in there with the other Advent stories of Jesus coming to earth as a baby, but, but it's not really talked about. I love this story because anytime I see someone that has been faithful and, and loves God, it, it, I just, I, it encourages me. It encourages me. I also love this story because I find it really extremely relatable. Right? In the one sense, as Christians, right, we're not, we don't see Jesus unless the Holy Spirit has shown us who Jesus is. And so I relate to how Simeon was told by the Holy Spirit that he would see Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in some way leads him to the temple to, to see Jesus. But I also think the story is similar in another way, is that Simeon is in, this, in these uncertain times of Israel his, his whole life. Right? There, has, there haven't been any major prophets of God telling, telling the people of Israel what they're supposed to do with the occupation of Rome. They're not sure. They've been kind of just waiting. And, and, and then once Simeon actually gets to go up and, and, and see Jesus, this little baby Jesus, he, he breaks out in praise. But what's kind of crazy to that, Jesus hasn't done anything yet. Right? He hasn't done anything yet except for cry right? And he hasn't done anything major yet. He hasn't died on the cross. He hasn't lived the, I mean, so far his life was perfect, but he hadn't lived the the sinless life yet. He hadn't resurrected yet. And yet Simeon takes joy. And I think sometimes I can relate to that because right now we live in a time where Jesus has saved us by his death on the cross, but not everything is right yet. Not everything is quite there yet. And we, we wait for Jesus' return, and we, we, are, we should be excited for it, right? And maybe you're like, oh, maybe we shouldn't be excited for it. But there's this phrase that you see in the Bible once, twice, Maranatha, where at the, at the end of letters that, that Paul would write, sometimes he would say, come Lord Jesus, come, return. 
And, and he would, he, it would almost seem like he just really wanted that to happen. And then as I read through other parts of the Bible, you see people are anticipating the return of Jesus. It's mentioned often. And Peter, he says the same thing. He says, come Lord Jesus, come back. And John at the, uh, at the end of Revelation says, come Lord Jesus. And I think that's in there to show us that maybe our hearts should want Jesus to come back. Maybe our hearts need Jesus to come back, and we need to, to realize that. And so during this, this Advent season, I want us today to cultivate our hearts to, to be excited about the return of Jesus, to, to really want it to happen, to, to, to in moments cry out, Jesus, return, come back. And I, I want us to cultivate that in our hearts because I think we go another direction. I think we kind of have apathy towards Jesus returning. We're kind of like, I don't know. It's been 2,000 years since he left. It could be another 2,000. Who knows? Who knows when this is going down? Some people think it's going to be soon. They might be right. They might be wrong. And we kind of get apathetic towards it. But then what we replace that apathy with is, like, we really want to stay on earth. Here's what I mean. Like, like, we're like, oh, Jesus can return, but I would like to do some things first before he returns. I remember before I got married, I, I remember being like, man, Jesus can return, but I would like to get married first. I would, I would just like to get married first. That would be cool, like if I could get married first, right? And I'm like, now I'm like, dude, you don't even know. And so, I'm just kidding, great marriage. Uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, love you, Jessica. Um, so we have, we have these different things, or some of us are like, well, Jesus, you could come back, but it'd be cool if I could kind of uh, have my ideal dream job first. If I could have like a successful career first. Or maybe some of us want a big family. Like we want to have a lot of kids, grandkids, all that before Jesus comes back. Or we want to travel the world, see all the sights of the world. Or, or essentially just finish the, uh, the, the bunches of things on our bucket list. Right? The, whatever it is, we're like, man, I just want to do all these things before Jesus comes back. Or like this little girl I was talking to at school the other day. She's in first grade. She just mid-sentence, we're talking about something totally different. She's like, and yeah, and I haven't been to Disneyland yet. And I was like, hey, don't worry, I don't think you're tall enough yet. And so, and she was like, oh, okay. Uh, And it's like, it's almost like, even as Christians, we want to have this like notebook ending to our lives, and I mean the movie, the notebook, ending to our lives. Like we want to fall asleep next to our, like our soulmate and just be like, I'll see you in heaven. And like, it's like, that's what we want. And then we're like, okay, Jesus, now you can return, right? And you're like, you're laughing because you know it's true. That's what you want. Like a lot of the ladies in here and some of the guys, Dane, uh, sorry, uh, are like, man, that would be awesome, right? And I'm just watching that scene. I'm like, man, they can't fit on the bed. That's uncomfortable. Um, but there's all these things, there's all these things that, that, that we're like, man, I don't want Jesus to return because there's all this stuff I want to do. There's all this stuff I want to get done. There's all this stuff I want to prove and I, I just, I, I just want to enjoy. But here's the problem with all of that is Jesus is better than all of that, right? Jesus is better than all of those things, right? We should desire Jesus to return because he's Jesus, right? He's better than all those things. He's better than the notebook ending. He's better than Disneyland. He's better than all these things. 
And yet many of us find ourselves saying, man, I just want to spend time longer in this, this broken kingdom. Many of us say, man, I, many of us really, if we're honest, we enjoy the things of the earth, the things of God's kingdom, more than we enjoy the king. And that's a problem. I think it's kind of like, so there's nothing wrong with wanting to do those things. Nothing wrong with it at all. But when you want those things more than you want Jesus, there's a problem. Okay, it's kind of like this. this some of you might understand this analogy. It's kind of like choosing McDonald's over Diablo Burger, okay? It, seriously, like McDonald's, like some, I, I choose McDonald's too often. And, but if, if I were to say to someone, no, I'm choosing McDonald's instead of Diablo Burger, they'd be like, no, you are a Diablo. Get behind me. Like, that is wrong, right? That's not right. Like, the, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, no, I, somehow no cows are killed at Diablo Burger. I don't know how that works. I'm just kidding. They do. Um, because, and, and so when we choose that we want to just finish our bucket list and do all these things, we're forgetting that Jesus himself says, man, I'm the best. I'm the best thing in the universe. I'm the best thing for you. And we forget that. And yet we're like, well, but I want to have my dream job. Oh, but I want to have a lot of kids. But I want to do this. I want to do that. And those things aren't wrong. But when we desire them more than we desire Jesus, there's a problem there. And I think if we're honest, we could say, man, there, there are a lot of times where I'm like, ah, I just want to do this. I just want to get this done before, before I die or before Jesus returns. And so I think we, as Christians, we need to be a people that, that cultivate our desire for Jesus to return. So here's just two ideas of how we can cultivate our hearts to want Jesus to return. How to, to fight against those things in us that, that desire the kingdom more than we desire the king. I think the first thing is just look around. And this is what I mean. Look around at the brokenness of this world. Right? If some of us are so protected and so sheltered and, and, and have so much comfort that that's why we want to stay. That's why we don't want Jesus to return yet because we have, our life is so good for us. But if we took just, an, just a time to be actively engaged looking at our world and seeing what it's like, we would begin to say, man, this is broken. There's some broken things here. There's some messed up things here that only Jesus can make right. A few weeks ago, I was giving a, a single mom a ride to her house and her kids. They go to, they go to our school. And I, and I was just talking to her about life. And she wasn't, I actually, I offered her a ride. She wasn't like, hey, can I get a ride or whatever. I offered her a ride. And man, her story just kind of wrecked me a little bit. She just has this husband that's abandoned her. She's, she's kind of like the, his second family. He's just abandoned her, abandoned his son, all, all these kinds of things. And, and she doesn't have a vehicle to get to where she needs to get to. She, and she's trying so hard to make sure her kids get an education and all this stuff. And it just broke me. And I was just like, man, this world is broken. Jesus, I need you to come back and fix this. I want you to return. Our hearts, one way to cultivate our hearts to want Jesus to return is, is to look around honestly at the world around us. To look around and, and notice that something's not right, even if our lives are going so well. That's the first way we can cultivate our hearts. Um, the second way 
we can cultivate our hearts to, to want Jesus to return is to just have a relationship with Jesus, right? I feel like we as Christians, we, we undersell this thing sometimes because there's, there, there's some crazy Christians and love them, but they like oversell our relationship with Jesus. They're like, I hear from Jesus all the time, every day, every second. I'm like, no, you don't. And, but, but there is a reality to our relationship with Jesus here and now should, should cause us to desire him to come back. Right? I can't tell you how often I, I pray and, and I just have this overwhelming sense of peace in the presence of God. And that sounds crazy. But there, there's many times where I just pray. And even when I'm just saying, okay, God, I'm just going to try and hear from you. And a lot of times I don't. But I still feel this overwhelming sense of, of his presence. I can't tell you how often I, I, I'm serving someone and I can't help but see God's love for them. Right? I, I'm kind of a curmudgeon. I, I, like, I naturally dislike people, and if I'm going to be honest. But, so, but then God is like, no, I'm going to make you love and like people. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, and, 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 it's, and I can only attribute that to God, and I can only attribute that to my having a relationship with him. And so I think we as Christians, we've really undersold this, this relationship with Jesus thing. It's a real thing where we have real communion with God, and it's good. Like, it, it, it's really good. But then there's the flip side of it, where a lot of times, you know, I pray, I don't feel anything. Right? Where I try to listen to God, I don't hear anything. Where I'm singing in worship, and I, I feel nothing towards God. And, and, and that just shows my limitations as a human on this broken earth. Right? It shows my limitations as a human on this earth. And so because of the, seeing those limitations, I should say, man, God, Jesus, I want you to return. Because when you return, those good moments are going to be like all the time. Because my whole eternity is going to be dedicated to, to being in a relationship with you. And so those are two ways we can cultivate uh, our hearts to want Jesus to return. First, just look around the world, see the brokenness. Secondly, pursue Jesus. And that looks different for all of us, and we hear from God differently. And, and I can't say, oh, well, if you pray, you're going to hear from God this way or that way or this. But I, I, I can almost always guarantee that if you pursue Jesus with all your heart, he will reveal himself to you in some way. And you will hunger for Jesus to return. Now, there, there is a danger— and hungering for Jesus to return. And the danger is this, and I, and I noticed this a lot amongst Christians growing up, is that, that we tend to view, and it's, this is almost like society's view of Christianity, is we tend to view Christianity as this like escape pod, right? We look at Jesus saving us, and we're like, well, we are going down towards the fires of hell, but then we got in Jesus' escape pod, and we're going to be in heaven forever, yeah, right? And we just see it as this escape pod, but the problem with that is when we view Christianity as just an escape pod, the rest of our faith is going to suffer. Right? We're going we're gonna, to, until Jesus returns, I, I think if we view it as an escape pod, we're going to hunker down and just be like, okay, I'm waiting. I hope I meet some other Christians. Like, and just like wait and, and hope that good things happen. Just hope Jesus returns soon. 
But I, I think God has a way for us to live in the time before he returns. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 6. And we're going to be in verse 9. And so in this, to set up the, the disciple, or he's just teaching the disciples how to pray. He's teaching a bunch of people how to pray. And I'm only going to read part of the prayer. This is the Lord's Prayer, as it's better known. But he says this in verse 9. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so I think in this prayer, we kind of see how Jesus wants us to live until he returns. And remember, this is Jesus teaching them how to pray this. So if Jesus was like, hey, this is just an escape pod, I think he would pray like, God, just come back, save us all, forget all the sinners, right? Like, I, I think that's what he would teach us. But instead he says, no, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we see that that. We should ask for God's kingdom to be happening here on earth. We should ask for God's will to be happening here on earth. We, should, like, we shouldn't just pray, God, just wrap this thing up. Just get this thing done. Just save us already. And you're like, Anthony, what are you saying there? You're just saying, yes, return Lord Jesus. And there, there is a tension. There is a tension. And so why, why can we say, come Lord Jesus— but we can't necessarily just be like, God, just finish this all. Just figure it out. Just, I'm sick of this and, and just wait for the escape pod to happen. Why can we just not just wait for the escape pod to happen? And I think we find our answer in 2 Peter 3, 8 and 9. And I'll just read it. You guys don't have to um, get there. It'll be on the screen. And Peter's just saying this. He says, but do not overlook this one fact, beloved, and that's to the Christians, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, some counsel slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Okay, so Jesus is not just an escape, escape pot. Jesus taught us, pray that the kingdom comes to earth. And then in Peter, we kind of see why Jesus is waiting. Why Jesus isn't just returning already. Is that he's, he's saying that he's being patient so that none would perish. Perish means that people did not put their faith in Jesus. Okay? And, and they go to hell. So that's what perish means. And, and, and God, Peter is telling us, and God through Peter is saying, I, I'm waiting so that none would perish. So that hopefully none would perish. And a lot, there's a lot of debate about those verses. But I think now we get, the, we get the, how are we supposed to live as we await Jesus' return? Not only should we want Jesus to return with the right motives in our hearts, but we don't wait for Jesus to return like it's, he's just an escape pod for us. We actually live as citizens of his kingdom right? Like I said, we, we live in this weird tension where, where Jesus has already defeated sin and death. He's already defeated sin and death, but he's not yet come back to make all things right. He's not yet come back to, to take all of the sin out of the world completely. It's kind of like 
Lord of the Rings. This is real. Uh, I challenged myself to do a Lord of the Rings reference during the return of the King series. Um, it's kind of like this. Lord of the Rings was filmed all at once. All the first three Lord of the Rings, right? All three movies were filmed, boom, one year or something like that. All three movies. But then over the next few years, they were released once a year. Right? That, that, that is how God's kingdom is. Like God finished the work, but somehow the work is not quite totally released yet. All right? Thank you, nerds. Um, right? Some are like, really? It was filmed? Like, all right? So that was just a preacher challenge I gave myself. Um, but, and, and that's the tension we live in. Jesus has already done all these things, and that's why I feel like I relate to Simeon uh, because he saw Jesus, but Jesus had not yet done everything that he was going to do. And we live in that tension. And so in this world, we, we, we really have two options. We can just sit back, wait, enjoy the earth, enjoy the kingdom of God, uh, just enjoy things and wait. Or we can be excited that, that King Jesus is going to come back. And in that excitement, live as citizens of the kingdom. To, to realize that, that God is on a rescue mission, that Jesus is on a rescue mission to redeem all things. And he's being patient now so that none would perish. So that hopefully none would perish. And, and Jesus, Jesus is serious about this. Right? Jesus limited, him, lit it, limited himself as God by becoming a baby. Right? If I'm God, I'm coming as a dragon or something like that. Like, I don't, like I'm not going to come as a baby, right? And I, I guarantee they believe I was God. Uh, right? But he said, no, I'm going to come as a baby. I'm going to become a human. And I'm going to show this world wh- what it means to be righteous. And I'm going to live the perfect life for them. I'm going to be perfect for them. And then what else I'm going to do is I'm going to take the penalty of their sins. Right? He says, I'm going to die on the cross. I'm going to take on their sin. I'm going to offer them forgiveness if they just say, okay, Jesus, I believe that you did that for me. That's it. He does, Jesus will go, hey, I, I offer you forgiveness if you make sure to follow those Ten Commandments. No, he goes, I just offer you forgiveness if you just say, okay, I believe that you did that for me. I believe that you, you did that for me. And then what's more is Jesus dies, right? After he takes on the punishment for our sin, he raises three days later. One, to show how powerful he was that he's God, but also to share in life with us because we're dead in our sin. We're dead in our trespasses. And he's like, man, I, I got to raise from the dead so I can share in life with them and so I can defeat sin and death because death was a result of sin. That's crazy. We have a God that has gone to huge extremes to save us and love us. So we have to ask ourselves, are we, do we love the kingdom more than we love the king? And if we're honest, sometimes some of us will be honest and say, yeah, sometimes I do. Maybe some people are going to be even more honest and say, yeah, all the time I do. And we need to notice that in our hearts. And we need to bring that to God and say, God, change my heart. Help me to realize that you are best. That you are what's best for me. My relationship with you is what's best. And so we need to be better about cultivating affection for Jesus' return. But there are all kinds of tensions and things that we have to be careful of in the already 
to the not yet. Amen? Let's pray. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for, for what you've done. The, the, the Advent story is really a crazy story. A story about you coming to earth, defeating sin and death, and then leaving. But God, I, I take a lot of comfort in the fact that you left so that all might be saved. That, 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 that could be a possibility. So God, help us to have an affection for your return born out of not wanting to escape, but wanting to have a more full relationship with you and wanting to see sin completely gone in this world. And so God, we love you and we need you. And we just pray all of this in your mighty and holy name. Amen.